on Paramount Plus has not yet started, but we're just getting started covering it here on Post Show Recaps. It's the Halo Podcast. Hello, everybody. I'm Josh Wigler here to help guide you through Ring World with Master Chef and all of the characters that you've come to know and love from the Halo video games. And I'm joined here by my co-host who knows nothing about this world at all, the legendary Wandoffer, creator of the Wario Casino of the Post Show Recaps patron experience, Corey B. Hello, Josh. How's it going? Hello, uh, yeah. Corey. Hello, Josh. You you got all that right so far, by the way. So I'm very, you know, based on my my apparent zero knowledge of Halo, you you've you've done a really great job introing us to the series so I'm, i really appreciate that filling this me is, in this is the point at which i revealed that it was a bit it was a joke and that it actually turns out that Corey is the one who knows about halo and i don't somehow somehow Corey, like halo has completely passed me by uh i am a i'm a, a connoisseur of the japanese role-playing game specifically the final fantasy franchise which we podcast about here on post show recaps myself and the great brooklyn zed but when it comes to like first person shooters third person shooters i think i told you Corey, that my main experience with halo is that i watched a friend play halo i got sick i got <laughs> nauseous because of the motion sickness uh so it just never really happened halo never really happened for me Corey. yeah i get that it's it's not for everyone like i wasn't even into first person shooters before halo myself and i really didn't get into a ton after either but halo just was a like a there was an interesting like a little spark there for halo and it was just the beginning of something really big for gaming like like for me halo was you know it was like one of the marquee games on the xbox i think it came out in like 2001 if i'm remembering correctly yeah, let me, let me, I'll fact check you as you All go. All right, sounds good. And uh, yeah, it was one of those things where it came out on the original, like the OG Xbox, right? Yeah, and, 2001. All right, yeah, that's great. So yeah, it's yeah. it's a, it's a 21 years old. You, and, and at the time, I was in middle school. Yeah. And I had a neighbor who also had an Xbox. And it was like one of the first times I really had this immersive like multiplayer experience because we brought our Xboxes and our TVs over and we hooked him up with a LAN cable and we had a big party with like two or three Xboxes all playing Halo multiplayer. It was fantastic. So yeah. I've, I've always sort of uh, had a special love for Halo. Yeah. Uh, and so, of course, the reason we're talking about it uh, on the off chance you don't know is that there's a TV show based on this hugely popular, massively successful video game uh, franchise that has spanned 20 years of iterations of the Halo franchise. Corey, I think uh, the a lot of the headlines I've been reading lately have been like the decade-long journey for Halo to reach the, the TV screen. Uh, and I know that there were versions of Halo movies that got close, didn't quite happen. Um, Neil Blomkamp's District 9 owes a lot to Halo because Neil Blomkamp, I think, was going to do Halo and then went a different way. Right. Uh, so, you know, we've come close to Halo in the past. But now, uh, as this podcast is coming out, we're really just days away. It's a March 24th debut on Paramount+. Plus. Corey and I are going to be here every single week uh, throughout season one of Halo, which I believe is a nine-episode run. We're going to talk about them. We'll recap the show. Corey has the benefit of having played the games and knowing a bit about the world in which this inhabits. And I have the benefit of being able to say Ringworld. Uh <laughs> 
which and, is used so much in, in yeah, Halo. Yeah, it's it all the time, all the time. Saying Ring World with much confidence, right? Uh, so as you should. That's what's going to happen here. Uh, this episode of the podcast, we're just going to break down what to expect from Halo as best as we can get it. I think I need a little bit of an education, so I'm not just saying Ring World all the time. Uh, so I can have like a base coat. And if anyone else is in my position as well, perhaps you are going to want a base coat as well going into Halo. Um, of course, just some additional bells and whistles we would love for you to know about. We'd love it if you'd subscribe to this podcast. Uh, we're going to have the RSS link for you at postshowrecaps.com slash halopod. Uh, plug that into your podcatcher of choice to, to tack on to your, uh, your Halo podcasting needs. You'll never miss an episode that way. Uh, and we will also get our official feed up and running. And once that is going, you'll be able to give it a rating and a review in the, in the store and all of these great things that are going to make more people come and visit our Halo coverage. And it'll just make this conversation that we're all going to be having together all the more robust. Uh, of course, you could also get feedback to us. You can email me directly, josh at postshowrecaps.com. Or you could tweet at Corey and I. I am at Round Howard. Corey, who are you on the internet? Uh, I am at Cavex on the internet, C-A-V-X. It's becoming yeah. a very contested username. Get lots of people trying to hack my account every day nowadays. Ooh, it's really? Lovely. Oh, yeah. Why, is, why is that? I don't know. I don't know. It's just four letters, maybe. It's just mm. uh, highly contested. But yeah. but until I get hacked, that's where you can find me, for yeah. sure. Am I uh, not to dox what Cavex actually stands for? Oh, uh, I mean, I, it's fine. I mean, unless you want it to be like a, a PSR patron secret. Well, you know. that's a really good point because the patrons of Post Show Recap certainly know what CAVEX stands for. Uh, and if you've ever thought about becoming a patron of Post Show Recap, signing up at patreon.com slash recaps. Legend has it, and this is theoretical, Corey. Right. We should be very yeah. clear. Of course. Hypothetical that there is a casino in the Post Show Recaps patron discord that people can access uh, if they're patrons of Post Show Recaps. Um, in fact, there may be two casinos. There uh, might be. Theoretically. I mean, if there's uh, theoretically one, there could also theoretically be two. Yes. And theoretically, Corey B may or may not be the person who created these casinos uh, and may or may not be able to explain to you why it would be a very fun thing for you to potentially, if it exists, participate in. Absolutely. And and uh, yeah, the, the casinos that theoretically exist, if you come to them, you can chance you know, in theory, and either gain or lose coins, uh, get some items, get a buddy, have a lot of fun. And and I'll, I'll just say, if you leave our, our new feed, a good review, and you come to the theoretical casino and tell me, yeah. maybe I'll theoretically give you something cool in the casino. Ooh, wow. How about that? That's yeah. good incentive. Leveraging my powers for evil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. well, that I, that feels like that gets us pretty firmly entrenched in the universe of Halo, Corey. Uh, as we are looking ahead towards this TV show, where I imagine, at the very least, there are certain characters who are leveraging their power for evil. Absolutely, and some some of these characters leveraging their power for evil in Halo are, are ones that have, have are new. To the timeline. I mean, we'll have to talk about the timeline a little bit, too. Correct. Yes. Uh, my understanding, Corey. Uh, so I've been doing like a decent amount of reading the press about Halo. Uh, this is without having played the Halo games, but I'm reading a lot of the interviews with like Kyle Killen and Stephen Kane, who are the developers and writers of the show. 
Pablo Schreiber, uh, mm-hmm. Liev's brother, uh, who is going to be playing Master Chief. Uh, and uh, I've been reading some of this press and just like hearing as much as I can about what's going on for the Halo show. And two things that I've gleaned from it, uh, Corey, is that one, it is going to exist in its own sort of like pocket timeline of continuity that is separate from the video game continuity. And two, the fact that they have to even state that about the TV show suggests that there is a very sacred continuity that many people who are deeply invested in this franchise are going to feel certain ways about. Uh, Have I got it so far? Yeah, absolutely. And and having this timeline, this timeline, which they call the silver timeline of Halo, which they've created for this series, it's very important. I know a lot of fans are upset about it because they're like, oh, they can just go do whatever they want and just step on everything. And, and you know, classic video game fandom sort of uh, reaction there. I understand. I, I, I love the I love the main lore of Halo, but it's already good because, you know, Halo is already doing things like saying, hey, we're going to reveal the Master Chief's face. Right. Yes. And yes. Uh, that that is one of the most contentious things that they have ever said, apparently. Uh, in terms of fan reaction. So I think it's good that they have this timeline to say, we're going to do things our way. We're going to leverage as much as this, of this sort of core canon from the games and, and, you know, supplementary like books and things like that as much as possible, but we're going to make some changes and it's separate. Don't worry. Nothing, nothing is, uh, you know, it's a, it's an alternate alternate universe. It can only, it can only impact itself. Exactly. Right. Um, so uh, Kiki Wolfkill, who is the studio head of Transmedia at 343 Industries, mm-hmm. uh, uh, spoke out about um, the unmasking of Master Chief, which was another thing in the press I realized would be a very big deal. Uh, and I loved the quote about this. I'd love to just read it really quickly. Uh, so <laughs> she says, I think we set out to tell a character story and a personal story. And once we really got into what that story was, it became clear that you really needed to see the person in the armor and under the helmet. You will see his face. For some people, it's been a moment 20 years in the making. And for other people, it is something that feels very hard to imagine. We absolutely respect both sides of that fence. Those who really want to see Chief's face and those who really don't. But for the nature of this story, it felt really important to connect with the Master Chief in a different way. And that meant showing the face. Showing Uh, the face. So uh, hopefully, uh, you know, uh, showing the face catches fire as a phrase, Corey. Uh, I do love showing the face. Uh, Is Halo itself going to show the face? As in, like, is it going to prove itself to have been worth all of this hype all along? I, I sure hope so. I think I think we have a good chance of it really showing the face here. Uh, and, and either way, it, it, it is showing the face in that it, it's it's trying. It's taking these jumps and these leaps and really, really doing its best to stand out and to, to, to really show itself emotionally out here and just put everything on the table. I think that in itself is showing the face, uh, at least how I would define showing the face. Yeah. Um, so Master Chief uh, is the main character of Halo. Absolutely. That's basically yeah. all I got. Okay. So, so yeah, let's let's crash course a little bit here. Help. It, well, it's all I got, and also that we've never seen his face, but we're about to see his face. Yeah, I think one time they showed his eyes. 
but uh, not the rest of his face in a Halo game. But uh, yeah, Master Chief. Master Chief's name is John, and and he's John one one seven. All the Spartans have a number. So Master Chief is, is a, a Spartan. Yeah. So a Spartan. There's there's different sort of phases of the Spartan program. So the Spartan program is pretty dark, actually. So it's this program where uh, Doctor Halsey, which is another character in the show. Uh, is a sort of uh, unethical doctor, but really smart. Like she created this program. She created Cortana, the AI that many of you may be aware of by name, at least. Um, and a, a bunch of other stuff, including the Mjolnir armor that the Spartans wear and a bunch of other things in the universe. She's very smart. However, not very ethical at all. The Spartan 2 program was created uh, basically by uh, kidnapping small children. Oh, uh, so that their parents didn't know they replaced them with clones that were not built very well and would die very quickly. Oh, and then they uh, basically subjected them to a bunch of really painful and torturous cybernetic and genetic modifications to become super soldiers. Okay, so the Spartan great. program is basically a super soldier program. Uh, and this, this Spartan 2 program is, I believe, the first really largely successful one in terms of actually producing an output. Okay. But most of these there's kids, a, there's a Spartan one that failed. Yeah, largely. I don't know too. I don't know that much about Spartan one program, but uh, it, it existed in some capacity. And then as the games get further on, there are better programs that are sort of more ethical. Like I think in the in the uh, in the show, they're mostly Spartan twos, um, yeah. which means most of them have been uh, subjected to a very cruel childhood. Which I, I assume we're going to explore a little bit. We're going to have some flashbacks. We're going to sort of understand that and, and master chief is, is is just like that right sort of in that same sort of awful backstory but sort of also sort of staying stoic right master chief is not one to talk very often in the games you don't you don't really see master chief's face so he is someone who is very like yeah uh, he, he's connected to his duty as a soldier he is a very few words and he, he just gets the job done, right? Like that's that's just sort of his vibe. And I think part of that for the game is so that you can visualize yourself as this character. So right. it's going to be interesting to see how showing the face and, mm -hmm. uh, and and probably having a lot more dialogue and I'd imagine in the show will sort of flesh out that character in the backstory a little more. Yeah, I'm curious about this as well. And I, I you know, it's very funny to talk about showing the face, but uh, the the thing that's interesting to me is like the, the impulse behind that is they're taking this iconic character and stripping away one of the iconic things about the character. Uh, and like, what is the tension between that? Is an adjustment for the medium that like, this is what you need to do when you're talking about TV? Uh, you know, we got to connect with the actor versus, I don't know. The Mandalorian did pretty yeah. well, uh, and uh, you know the Mandalorian, you know, takes his helmet off from time to time, but it's very rare, uh, and it's you know a big deal when it happens. Is that what this is going to be, or is it going to be like Episode One? Master Chief takes his helmet off, and then he's just Pablo Schreiber for the rest of the show. I bet that that bothers people, uh, yeah. if uh, at least purists. Um, for me, knowing that it's like an iconic feature of the game, I guess like. I'm in sort of this weird nebulous spot between like the very, very, very casual viewer versus like the casual uh, Halo, uh, like adjacent person who knows enough about Halo to know that that's like uh, a, a risk that the show is taking. 
that like I'll be thinking about it if I'm distracted by Pablo Schreiber's like very <laughs> specific performance. You know, it does right. strike me that this character should be something of like a lumbering, uh, you know, forward momentum type of figure. And uh, I, I don't know. Are you like worried about Master Chief almost having like too much personality? I I am worried about it a little bit. I think that uh, there are people in place who are connected to the show's original or excuse me, the game's original canon that hopefully will give it good treatment. But it is it is definitely a question mark. And, um, you know, even the games, they used to tease Master Chief taking off his helmet right at the at the very end of the first game. He does take off his helmet. But of course, like he's in a ship and like and the camera panning away, of course, the 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 top of the ship just starts to obscure the face as, as soon as he takes the helmet off they right. tease it a lot and so i imagine that there will be some delicacy at least with the original reveal my bet and i really don't know but my bet is that they're in, they're not going to reveal it right away but when they reveal it it's just kind of going to be a thing where he doesn't have it on very often yeah. <laughs> outside yeah. of combat right um right. just to just to showcase the actor i agree though in the sense of the mandalorian uh even though i think that the production started for this before that um because it's been has it been going that long i mean the the show when did the show start filming is a great question yeah i think a while ago i yeah. I, I could be wrong but i i it's been many years since uh the from what i'm aware since this thing started production yeah uh it started filming in october of 2019 Woo. uh so yeah a really long time ago Wonder what could have uh, hammed that sandwich. I don't know. Between I'm then not and sure. now. Uh, and given that uh, it's uh, April of 20, 2020 right now, I yeah. uh, I'm not totally sure what what happened. Yeah. So I I feel like uh, that's interesting. You know, is that the kind of thing that it gives them more time to figure out what exactly they want to be? Um, is that beneficial for the show to have that much of a wait time between when they started and when they start to air it was initially earmarked for showtime it was going to be a showtime show and now it's a paramount plus show mm -hmm. because a lot has been redirected into paramount uh, plus being a thing um but it's also already been renewed for a second season Corey. Um, absolutely yeah they're they're so, counting on this show to be successful for sure yeah and i think like there's like two ways of looking at that one is that like oh well that's a show of confidence that they're really excited about what they've got in in halo the other like kind of more cynical thing is like we got to figure this out we've put so much money into it we have to like make this work we something has to something has to come of it yeah right yeah um and I know that there have been uh, reviews have been coming out about it already at this point. I haven't been reading a ton. I don't know if you've been reading much of the reviews. I've been mostly staying away. I've picked up a couple general sentiments, but nothing specific. Yeah. Um, I'm also mostly staying away because I kind of just want to go in cold. Uh, but I, some of the sentiments I've seen have been like somewhere to lukewarm. And then some of the sentiments that I've seen uh, from other people just in like casual tweets and stuff seem really into it. Um so I'm intrigued. I'm really intrigued, especially as somebody who is a, a veritable newcomer to the franchise, other than that one play date where I got super nosh, uh, you know, <laughs> nosh wiggler. Uh, I, I want to, I want to know if this is going to be for me as somebody who loves action, the action genre, the sci-fi genre, uh, and especially at a time where there's a lot of content right now, but Halo stands to be scratching something of a singular itch for, for the time being. Uh, and also that video game adaptations can be tricky. Uh, they you can. Know, 
the the hit to miss ratio is largely skewed in the favor of miss. It is. And I think there are some things that compound to the risk there. For example, Halo was originally developed by a game studio called Bungie, who uh, current day makes Destiny, uh, the yeah. game, the Destiny games. But once upon a time, they made Marathon, if I'm not mistaken. They did. They yeah. did. Yes. My brother was um, a big Marathon guy. Yeah. Yeah. Marathon is a deep pull. So that's yeah. awesome. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I was a big Bungie fan back in the day as well. I like went to meetups and conventions and all sorts of things. I made an extension for their website that messed everything up and then everybody knew who, who I was and got mad at me. Amazing. Lots of fun stories for Bungie. I have a lot of people who work there now who I, who I still think, know pretty uh, is it well. The, are they the Bungie hackers that are coming after you, Corey? The Bungie hackers, yeah. yeah. It's a, yeah, a long-simmering so. revenge. It's retaliation, revenge. yeah, it's yeah. best served cold. But, uh, you know, since then, it's been uh, the Halo franchise kind of stayed with Microsoft when Bungie sort of uh, separated themselves from Microsoft. And then Microsoft created 343 Industries, uh, which you alluded to earlier. And they're sort of the ones that are that are the keepers of the of the Halo flame now. And they have made decisions where to go with the franchise that, you know, have been meticulously questioned uh, since all that happened, right? They, they introduced a whole new, uh, a whole new sort of expanse to the world of Halo since they started making their games, which was Halo Four was the first game that Three Four Three produced, and so they are also in charge of, you know, the 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 story and the canon for for Halo in itself, which yeah. uh, and and, and the series, which is great uh, because they there are still many people from the original Guard or from uh you know from early on who are contributing to this which is good uh including some from the bungee days as well but i will say that despite the risk that that introduces halo just has a phenomenal story in my opinion like halo I, we were talking about this with uh with riley and the Posha recaps discord halo is a game that has a really amazing and very full and rich story and it's something that you don't necessarily expect from a first-person shooter game, especially from back then. So it was very revolutionary, not just in things like, oh, you can play multiplayer together, but also just this deep story that you start to feel connected to and to the characters and, and, uh, and, and you know, starting to have all these books and an alternate, you know, they had alternate, alternate reality games where uh, you had to go in real life and find things. And people were incredibly engaged with the story and continue to be. And uh, I think that's what gives it at best it's best chance to sort of stand on its own and sort of escape the uh the video game adaptation sort of stigma right yeah. Corey, i would love to know more about that story uh so we talked a little bit about master chief and the spartans but like if you were to try and quickly indoctrinate someone in the halo universe so they have a fighting chance of understanding what the heck is going on when we fire up the episode on thursday march 24th where would you start? Like, what is the story of Halo, the world it takes place in, all that good stuff? Yeah, so Halo, Halo in itself, uh, let's, let's talk about why it's called Halo. Halo is, is sort of named after, as you mentioned, Josh, a ring world. Uh, however, that's, we don't really say ring world. It's, Does we anyone just call them, say ring world? We call them halos in, in okay. Halo. Yeah. Uh, but but they are like the little hats that the angels wear. Right. Like that, like the angel hats. Exactly. But do um, they, are they flat like the angel hats or are they like vertical halos? So think about like if you took a planet, right? Mm -hmm. And then you cut like a little center slice of the planet on both sides. So you just got a little slice of the planet. So it's like if you did with the Reese's peanut butter cup to the planet where you like pop out the center of the Reese's peanut butter cup. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think so. Yeah, and yeah. then but then it's inverted. So the actual the structure of the planet, and this is a constructed object. It's not like a natural formation, right? So it uh, on the outside, it's very like it, it's you can tell it's constructed like this metallic sort of like ancient technology sort of vibes. And on the inner part of the ring is actually the you know the 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 natural elements, the the grass and the trees and the hills and whatever else uh, sort of awaits you on Halo itself. And it has control room and it has uh, lots of secrets beneath the surface of Halo. If there's a single Halo or it's a story of multiple Halos? So likely there will be one Halo to start, but uh -huh. there are far more than one Halo. And that cool. might be something that gets revealed, but it's pretty, it's, it's a pretty tame spoiler if it is okay. one. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I would expect there to be Halos in Halo. Right. In, in the end of the first game, the Halo that you visit gets blown up, and that was Halo 1, and there are six Halo games and many spinoffs, so you would expect that... There's probably that, other Halos. Right, exactly. Yeah, additional exactly. Halos. Okay, so there's a Halo, and which is interesting, because now I'm thinking of um, more Neil Blomkamp stuff, because he yeah. made Elysium, the movie, which I, which I saw, the Matt Damon one, uh, which was his District 9 follow-up, and that takes place on a ring world. Uh, Elysium is effectively Halo, huh? Uh, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. And, and actually on that note, we're talking about the Mandalorian and the Mandalorian had an, ep uh, well, technically book of Boba Fett, right. Had an episode recently where it was, uh, sort of on a similar looking ring world to Halo. And obviously, uh, ring world as a, I believe, was it a book? Uh, I never, I never read it. If so, that I apologize right. for, yeah. uh, not knowing that, but I mean, obviously it drew the inspiration for most of these things. Right. So it's not like anything's a rip off of halo just because it has a similar world uh structure right yeah but no but the they're halos, all ripoffs of ring world <laughs> that's right they're all ripoffs of ring world and and so halos are sort of uh uh these sort of planetary ish sort of structures that uh that humanity finds but humanity is not the only ones to find them because at the same time as all this is happening humanity sort of gets thrown into a a conflict and a chase to understand and discover what halos actually do because of the covenant and the Covenant are sort of probably going to be the main baddies in the show, just like they are in the games. But there are also some humans who seem a little antagonistic in terms of the cast. Yeah. So humanity starts off by fighting insurrectionists, people who, you know, they've colonized all these different planets. And there are there are rebels. There are people who are fighting for independence. Um, and so that's sort of where the Spartan program comes from. That's where a lot of the gearing up of the military, which they call the UNSC in Halo, comes from. But then one of the humanity's uh, planets gets invaded by a sort of a coalition of a bunch of different alien species called the Covenant, who are sort of like a religious group. The name would imply, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and, and their, their sort of goal is to find these artifacts made by an ancient race called the Forerunners who existed a long time ago, who they worship as gods. And they believe that this leads them to the Halo rings. And as a result, they need to sort of understand how the Halo rings work. And they believe that this religious sort of uh, afterlife, this they, they call it the great journey, will begin if they can find the purpose of these Halos and activate them. Uh, and a lot of the time, the artifacts are buried deep within these planets that humanity lives on. Okay. Um, and that's why the war begins and why they start fighting the humans. Because they need to infiltrate where the people are living. So it's like a classic people versus alien story, effectively. Yeah, in a lot of ways it is. It's very it's very much people versus aliens. And they're, they're 
later on can we we start to learn more about the complexity of the covenant and all the different alien races that sort of comprise that and and there are some shaky like uh some shaky loyalty within yeah. a lot of those groups and we might see some of that here one of the locations that i saw sort of in the trailer was was high charity which is like their capital city and if they're going there they're probably going to explore that a little bit too okay uh so some potential like alliances between humans and aliens if not the covenant outright yeah and that might be down the line okay uh, it was in the games but uh, that's definitely something that we could look out for so it's not necessarily always going to be completely one side versus the other right what do the uh aliens look like is it one specific species of aliens or are there a ton of aliens there's a lot of different species in the covenant okay fine. Um, some that we're not likely to see there there may can be you tell me like some of the ones we're not likely to see that are like maybe the more ridiculous aliens that exist in the halo <laughs> world um so there are there are there's a species called engineers uh there's a they all have alien names and human names so humans call them engineers um where i'm pretty sure they just like uh, run around the battlefield and fix stuff and if you shoot them in the game they i believe they like blow up um and that <laughs> i i don't think we're going to see engineers there's some flying ones called drones i don't think we're going to see those as much there's nothing like super wacky uh in terms of uh in terms of these species, but we've got a lot of, of really cool designs. One of the main ones, like the highest level specialists are called elites. They're the ones if, if uh, in the, I believe they were in the first trailer as well. They're the ones with the, these mandible jaws and, and they, they kind of have this sort of humanoid structure and they've got the big energy swords and um, they're, they're very intimidating and, and sort of on along the lines of the strength of like a Spartan, right? Not necessarily just like a normal infantry you got the cute little grunts who are little little guys who don't get any respect from any of the rest of the covenant like little are... tiny like goblin aliens yeah kind of yeah yeah and they they uh they're they wear these little like giant packs that make them have like a very unique physical structure i didn't see any of them in the in the game or excuse me in the in the trailers but is that because they're too low to the ground you maybe. can see them <laughs> maybe i i there's almost no way they don't have grunts um they also have jackals which are like uh, little nimble guys also small with like shields um now the cool the cooler ones for me and you you do see these in the trailer you see um the character who i believe her name is uh makey or maki and uh I, I apologize i've not heard the name yet so i've only seen it in in uh promotional materials but uh she is walking through a room where there's a bunch of these like worms um just like hanging from the ceiling and moving around all over so uh there's a it's a really cool fascinating species they're called hunters and and hunters are not actually you know they're these big hulking creatures in the game that have these giant weapons that attack you and they're really really hard to defeat but in actuality they're comprised of these little worms that can actually form together and combine their intelligence to sort of control it's like worm voltron yeah, yeah like worm voltron yeah yeah that's a good that's a good comparison and uh, yeah, they can. If we they can still form... did hashtags at the end of a podcast to let hashtag us know that worm you Voltron. To it, we would say yeah. hashtag worm Voltron. Hey, absolutely. hit us up if you made it this far. Absolutely. Yeah. No. No. They're they're a they're a fascinating race, and and most of the time you don't really see them in that form in the games. You just see how they sort of are combined together as whatever creature they they sort of form or technology they take control of. So it was kind of a cool thing for me to see them sort of in that form. I assume that's what that is um, as well. Kind of weird to see a, this is a tangent, but kind of weird to see a human walking around just chill with the Covenant. Um, that was a very weird thing. Apparently, she is someone who was like orphaned as a child and raised by the Covenant, which is 
that's definitely not a beat that we've seen in the game. Yeah. 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 And apparently we'll see why pretty quickly is well, what I've heard. My question for you on something like that, then Corey would be like, as somebody who, who grew up with the games, loved the games, um, you know, you've been excited about the show. You've been in my ear about Halo since long before the trailer, oh, yeah. long before we had a, a, a release date for this. Um, does that kind of stuff get you excited or nervous? Like, where do you find yourself sitting on the precipice of Halo, the TV show? Yeah, I think that I am cautiously optimistic because my thing is, you know, I've played all the Halo games. We're at, we're at uh, Halo 6, which is called Halo Infinite um, now with a bunch of different spinoffs and other things, books, media, whatever. Uh, as 343 took over, like half of the canon got invalidated and then they added new stuff. I mean, it's been built upon so much and it's a really good foundational sort of universe. But I also think that there is something interesting to go back and sort of reimagine this with a with like full creative sort of authority to to reimagine some things like this so so stuff like this with this character who like somehow for some reason got raised by the covenant i mean that could be terrible let's be honest that could be a really bad thing that shouldn't have happened that makes no sense but i also could see that being a really interesting thing um i think that practically it's probably just something that they did so that there could be a face to the enemy that's not an alien um, showing the face showing the face yeah the covenant and has this to is show the face too that's right and it needs to be a human face because uh you know it, otherwise it might we be a little harder to relate to the cause we yeah. connect yeah exactly cool. and i think that's part of it uh but but if they do if they do it well there's there is sort of a an, an inherent interest in at least from me uh i'm not as connected to the lore as some of the diehard fans because i didn't read the books for example and uh that can be a that can be a, a liability when you go into some of the later games, <laughs> where they sort of assume that you know a lot of the lore. Well, it's nice um, that it's nice that you don't need to know that stuff. I mean, the the people who are making this show are really being very upfront of like this is going to be you know there's going to be so much for the Halo fans. There's going to be things you love, but it's not a continuation of those stories. It's not a remake of those stories. It's its own independent thing. So for me, I'm I'm of a couple of minds about that. Um, one is like, well, I'm really excited to finally understand what the heck Halo is all about then. And like why a bunch of my friends really, really loved this as kids. And I just couldn't get into it because, uh, I get motion sick and first person shooters are really, really tough for me. Um, and so now I get to find out what this is all about. And then the other piece is like, yeah, but then what if I know the bad Halo, you know, like, so I'm like, I'm I'm like a little bit concerned, but I do appreciate at the very least that theoretically, Corey, from my uh, side of the street and yours, from my side of the ring world and yours, um, we should be able to meet in the middle, right? You know, that yeah. this should be a show that is going to, if it's successful, like if it's creatively successful, it should be able to make both of us pretty happy. I wholeheartedly agree. And and the ability for people who didn't really get into the games or just don't play games to understand and, and get to know the story is one of the most exciting things for me to be able to talk about that with people who just didn't have that, that, uh, that exposure. Cause playing the games is definitely a lot harder to do. Like I was, I was thinking about streaming the games and I still might do that. But at, at the same time, this is just so much more accessible than that for so many people. And I, I just love the ability to potentially connect so many more people to this really great world that, uh, that we can explore. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm really excited about some of the people who are involved in it. Um, Pablo Schreiber, uh, Schreiber, again, is somebody who I've, I've enjoyed in just about everything that he's done. Uh, he was horrible as like a character, like it's just like a terrible guy in Orange is the New Black. 
Uh, he was, you know, uh, very notable in the much maligned second season of The Wire. Uh, I thought that he was great as Mad Sweeney on American Gods. Uh, and this is by far and away his biggest breakout role. Um, and I'm I'm curious uh, if like Master Chief needed to be played by an actor. I think Pablo Schreiber is like uh, like a mid range, like sort of like a middle name actor. When the helmet comes off, there are definitely going to be people who go, oh, I recognize that guy from a bunch of TV, but might not necessarily recognize him by name. My guess is that that's probably the direction you want to go in with casting stuff like if you cast Brad Pitt as Master Chief, first of all, something went wrong for Brad Pitt. <laughs> yes. Agreed. Uh, like things for Brad Pitt went down the pits. Uh, you know, something went wrong for Brad Pitt, and something went wrong for Halo in that situation. Uh -huh. I think for Halo, probably, you know, if they can get Brad Pitt, I they mean, probably should. They would. They would. I just don't know if it would be the best for Master Chief. But I mean, I mean, I'm sure it would draw some uh, draw some audiences for yeah. sure. Uh, so I'm excited to see what he does with it. And I am excited to see what the character is like when he shows the face. And I think one of the things that we will be able to get into is, uh, the, the, not my master chief of it all. And like, yes. but, but independently of that, is he a good character, uh, is something that I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Um, the, the Dr. Halsey character that you're talking about is played by Natasha McElhenney, uh, who is a great, great actress who I've seen in a ton of stuff. Um, she's, uh, you know, Jim Carrey's love interest in the Truman show. Uh, she was briefly on designated survivor, which you would think would be a show that I really loved as a former survivor fan and 24 fan that it's like the nexus point of president <laughs> Jack Bauer on a show called uh, survivor. Uh, and yeah, it was just fine. Uh, but she was good on it when I was watching as much of it as I was watching. But the thing I really remember her best for is um, a 90s action movie called Ronin. I don't know if you ever saw Ronin, Corey. I didn't. No, no. The Robert De Niro uh, movie. Robert De Niro as Master Chief could have been really good, Ooh. by the way. Uh, you know, he's got sort of like the lumbering thing down. I saw The Irishman. Uh, you know, Master I think Chief that... traditionally has a very deep voice. Yeah. Shout out to Steve Downs, who originally voiced Master Chief. He's got yeah. like the very low, like, yeah, it could yeah. work. You talking to me? <laughs> Master Chief? Yeah. I got Absolutely. nipples, Master Chief. Uh, well, oh, you did, know, did you know. get, did you just play a clip of the Halo series? We have a preview. Oh. I have an exclusive access. Anyway, she was in, she was in that movie. That. She was in Ronin. Uh, and Ronin's a great movie. One of my favorites. A big car chase movie. Uh, so I'm always excited when she turns up and stuff. Um, the one I'm really hyped about, uh, who I'm just like through the moon psyched to see, is Bokeem Woodbine. Uh, who's playing a character named Soren 66, I guess. Yes. Now, Soren, Soren is someone I don't know that much about because Soren, but Soren does exist in the main canon. Um, okay. It seems like a pretty fascinating character. So I, I was researching Soren a little bit and he does seem like a really interesting character. He seems like possibly an antagonist. Um, okay. uh, he Knowing knowing Bokeem Woodbine, who's the actor who's going to play mm -hmm. him, um, who had like a scene stealing turn in season two of Fargo. Uh, like he, he rolled into Fargo season two in a season that was populated by Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons, among others. And he was like by far and away the breakout. It was just like objectively, there's no other answer. It's Bokeem Woodbine every single day of the week. Um, mm -hmm. That anytime he turns up in anything now, I'm leaning in. And the fact that he is going to have a major series regular role on a huge epic sci-fi show gets me very pumped up. 
And he's the kind of guy, uh, his character, Mike Milligan is the name of his character in Fargo, who was uh, always on this line between rather soulful, but also rather terrifying. Uh, and I wonder what that line will be for a character like Soren. Um, so I'm very excited about him. I think that his involvement in this show is the thing that's got me the most pumped up. Now, I, I love Soren as, uh, at least, as least uh, like you said, Bokeem Woodbine and, and just Soren as a concept as well are both really appealing to me. One issue that I have with Soren as a character is that he wears a jacket over his armor what i i don't i just feels like if you're wearing armor you don't need a jacket that's what i'm saying like i guess i guess you're just going for the style i don't know there's indications that he is a spartan who possible it's his lucky jacket Corey. i mean yeah maybe it's his lucky jacket i mean you you know very well that having a lucky jacket can be uh, very important very important if you were wearing armor maybe you'd still want to wear it i i I guess that's fair uh it, it could be that like it's a security jacket it could be makes uh, him feel more emotionally sturdy going into war with the with the the worm Voltrons and all the other Covenant aliens. Yeah, it, it very. Uh, you're doing great, by the way. <laughs> Trying to retain it. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. I, I, it very well could be. I hope that. I hope that it's. It, it comes across as this like, even though it's ridiculous that like it suits it suits the character. You know, yeah. he, he seems like a he might be a Spartan who sort of turned against the program and sort of allied with the people who are rebelling right okay yeah. um that's that is likely going to be the plot for head for for soren and uh at least and and it draws similarities to the canon from the games yeah um, my my expectation as like a total novice in this world but as somebody who has seen a bunch of sci-fi before mm-hmm. is that uh we'll probably be on some kind of journey where master chief is like a, a ride or die spartan soldier who then comes to find out a little bit more about how spartans are made and are not so great uh and he's gonna eventually be like well this isn't so good and i'm gonna join the rebellion and like some version hmm. of that is going to play out would be that would my be expectation. Now, now, Master Chief sort of lived it, though. That would be the only thing that I would say. He doesn't necessarily have much to discover because he did technically live through all that right. terrifying, traumatic stuff. But it's entirely possible that there will be more sympathy for the sort of rebellion side of things. That's not a big beat in the games uh, because once the Covenant come in, that's not a huge. It, in fact, it's almost buried. Uh, right. But I, I do think it'll be a stronger uh, sort of side of things in the show. So it's very possible that he'll do that. And and one side of Master Chief, John, his uh, his sort of motivations will also be Cortana, who I know we yeah. haven't talked about yet. Oh, but... I was just about to ask because um, so also part of the cast is this character, Cortana, who is mm-hmm. an artificial intelligence construct uh, who is modeled after the brain of Dr. Halsey. Right. She's played by Jen Taylor who apparently and, played the character in the games. Yes. Yeah. Jen Taylor is now as much as people criticize not using the voice actor for, for master chief and all, for obvious reasons, if you're showing the face, you, right, you, you well got to show the face. Yeah. 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 But, uh, but, but very good move keeping Jen Taylor as Cortana. Jen Taylor is Cortana. Um, so it's interesting, right? Because they are still modeling the, the actual character, uh, you know, the, the appearance of Cortana after Halsey. Um, yeah. But the voice is Jen Taylor who, yeah, uh, I've met before. That was fun. I went to a conference cool. and I have a blurry picture um, with Jen Taylor. So that's my claim to fame with Jen. But I'm, uh, I'm looking at a picture of Cortana on the Wikipedia page. 
and she's kind of got like uh, she's like all blue. She's got like a like a bob cut, uh, and she's all blue, and her arms are kind of stretched out like Randy, Ralphie's brother in a Christmas story, when he's bundled <laughs> up in the snowsuit and he can't put his arms down. And so I'm wondering, is that like a regular feature of Cortana? Can she not put her arms down? No, she can, she can put her arms is down. It's just a strange picture. I, I think it's. <laughs> I want to see this picture. Yeah. I think it's a strange, uh, a, a, a unfortunate picture. Uh, and Cortana has had a lot of different models, and um, Cortana has often been uh, of different degrees of sex appeal over the over the years. Uh, is another feature of Cortana, unfortunately, but uh-huh. uh, but she absolutely is. Uh, you know, this like sort of holographic sort of vibe. I think in, in most of the games, she's like either blue or purple, sort of like in that in that range, more like she's, looking like a hologram. In this picture, she's blue, like she just went to the Wonka Oh my God, oh, I'm looking at the picture and that's hilarious. Yeah, she's got her arms just out. Like she's crying to like, like she's in the middle of a story. She's like, I'm telling you, it was this big. You know, like she's definitely got like her arms. Like the just worst in a very, possible picture of Cortana. In a, in a very strange position. She doesn't have toes, it looks like. Um, does she not? Oh, I guess not. Maybe she's like wearing she's like she's got no digital toes. Boots. Yeah, it looks like she's got like digital rain boots. Yeah, that's uh, possible. Yeah, they yeah. change they change Cortana's appearance a lot, but that's that's generally this the the general idea of like what Cortana looks like. But in the game, or excuse me, in the show, uh, I think they're going for a little less blue, still like digital looking, but a little more human sort of appearance, which is another thing that some fans are upset about. They're yeah. like, why isn't she blue? Yeah. Um, or or maybe not blue enough. I'm not sure. But at least she's not sticking her arm. We'll have like, to next week. Like we'll have to decide uh, by your standards, was Cortana blue enough? Yeah. Um, it's going to be important to figure out here. Pretty that quick. is a very important question. We have to we have to keep track of that for sure. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, we're all going to be feeling the blues. Um, now, speaking of the blues, Corey, um, mm-hmm. the way that you and I got to know each other was through uh, a song parody competition called The Wand Off, uh, which right. uh, uh, we did on Rob Has a Podcast, uh, Once Upon a Time, uh, where people would send in song parodies about the hit CBS reality television series Survivor. Uh, and if you won the wand off of the week, if you had like the funniest song as voted upon by the listeners of the wand off, you would receive a Wiggler's Wombats hat, which is the hat that stems from my summer camp softball team that has since become my continued, uh, mascot moving forward through my podcasting life. And this is an audio medium for the people listening to this podcast, but you and I are recording this via video, and I can see uh, the relative, the veritable treasure trove of wombat hats that are in the background, Corey. I keep them on display. Yeah, they're they're an important part of my life. Uh, you know, you you claimed many a crown over the course of the Wandoff's existence, so it feels only fitting that uh, you would then go on to be not just a, a great friend of mine and somebody who has contributed so much to the Post Show Recaps patron experience, theoretically at least, through these theoretical casinos we've discussed. Right. Uh, very really, uh, very realistically, through your uh, your incredible presence as a moderator in the Post Show Recaps patron Discord, and now as a Post Show Recaps podcast host, you've also, in your time you know, crafted a theme song or to uh, most memorably when I always call for Corey B to take it away on community building, which is our rewatch 
of Community, but you've also recorded the theme music for our Star Wars podcast, Corey. Mm -hmm. You also recorded the theme music for our YA patron podcast. Uh, that Bloom song, Files as well. The Bloom Files as well. Uh, many a music number. So uh, we had to do one for this, right? We have to have a Halo theme song. There would be no way that I couldn't do one for Halo. Um, and Halo is known very well for if you, if you don't know, and, and Josh, I think you know this at least the the sort of like the Gregorian monk chant, yeah, that is uh, very popularized by the 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 game. And there's a lot of memes and fun stuff about that chant as well across the internet. But that's another thing that Halo is known for, in addition to its music in general. Not to it's interesting because you are also known for chants. <laughs> that's true for uh, chants. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at Wario, chants. And then Wario, will he do Gregorian chants? Uh, theoretically, anyway. Theoretically, maybe that could be programmed. <laughs> um, Sean Cowery is the composer for the TV show, by the way. Speaking of 24, he was the composer of the 24 uh, show. Oh. Um, but he's not the composer of our Halo theme song. Corey B is. Um, and you sent this to me about 40-ish minutes before we hopped on the podcast. Yeah, procrastination at its fullest. Yeah, and I have not listened to it yet. Uh, I thought that I would save my first experience for the podcast. Uh, Corey, is there anything you'd like to say to set up the theme song that we're going to hear on uh, the Halo uh, podcast? No, uh, other than what I already mentioned about uh, sort of uh, the iconic Halo Gregorian chant, which I sort of try to try to mix in here and okay. this is also a little bit more of a parody than several other theme songs I've okay done that. all right interesting all right well without further ado this is the moment where i say Corey b take us away <laughs> that's me by the way <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> I know what's happening here. <laughs> Halo. <laughs> it's the radio oh. looking for. It's a show about the game. Uh. And Wiggler doesn't have a clue. He doesn't. Meanwhile, Corey used to cheat at. Halo 2 <laughs> So stupid. Oh yeah. Oh, it's so dumb. I'm putting it into the world. I did used to cheat at Halo 2. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bungie. I did get banned for it for a week, so I think they know. Oh, uh, is that why you're being hacked? That I think it just we're just adding to the, <laughs> the the bounty, right? Oh my god! All right, well, another reason to listen to the Halo podcast every week is to hear our Halo theme song. Uh, I hope uh, Lionel is happy. Uh, I hope so. Lionel Chief, uh, <laughs> always showing the face when he says hello. Always, uh -huh. it's all about the face. Oh my God, Corey B once again is showing the face and uh, killing me live on a podcast. Uh, Happy and now, 
And Happy now to I'm help a ghost. It feels, uh, it feels very nostalgic. Yeah. You know? yeah. Now I'm a ghost, and I don't know if I can podcast as well as a ghost, uh, but I'm going to try. Are there ghosts in Halo? A ghost is the name of a covenant vehicle in Halo, actually. Oh, so I've turned into a car. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's sort of like this, like a uh, sort of like hovercrafty sort of oh. thing. Yeah. So I've turned into like a sort of hovercrafty kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Some right. uh, that's probably like the most terrible description of a ghost, but no wheels. So not uh, a car. Well, that's what they call me. No wheels wiggler. And we <laughs> are going to be hovercrafting our way through Paramount Plus's Halo debuting on Paramount Plus uh, on March 24th. That very same day, Corey and I are going to get together uh, in the afternoon to record our Halo series premiere podcast. If you want to get feedback in for that, you can send me an email, josh at postshowrecaps.com. You can tweet at both of us, at roundhoward, at cavx. If you want to know what cavx stands for, and if you want to hang out with me and Corey and get us some more feedback in the Postshow Recaps patron discord, We'd love to hear from you there, patreon.com slash postshowrecaps. Corey, any pitch for the patron experience as somebody who is steeped in it? What would you tell somebody who might be on the fence? I would say that the community is incredibly tight-knit. It's really incredible. There's basically channels and threads for any any single thing that you might want to talk about there, uh, including two theoretical casinos that mm-hmm. will uh, will be a lot of fun. So yes. definitely go check it out. Yes, uh, take a Gregorian chance on us. Patreon.com slash postshowrecaps uh, to, to be a patron of Post Show Recaps. Support the Halo podcast coming your way from myself and Corey B over these next, uh, gosh, uh, 10 or so weeks, nine episodes of the show, kicking it off with a preview. Sure, we'll do a wrap-up. We're doing the full thing, Corey. This is our own great journey. Uh-huh. And I'm excited to take it with you. Yes, it's going to be great. Um, all right. Well, this is the point where uh, I typically say when wrapping up a podcast and it's applicable, Corey B, take us away. Uh, Corey, do you want to be the one who says that? Uh, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good callback. I think I did this once in community, community yeah. building as well. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Me, take it away. Hello to 